I don't. <laughs> Dang, we're dying. I don't. I don't. I'm not. Sounds even, like me at the, <laughs> the, the like the start of a workout. I'm already dying. <laughs> go faster, clock. Go faster. I do not know that song, and I don't know who it was by. So just <laughs> yeah, just like the last episode, <laughs> Blink One Eighty Two. It's a uh, fish. <laughs> yeah, Dave Matthews Band. Dave Matthews Band. No. Oh man, my music trivia continues to just be poor. What poor, number? Poor. What number are we at, Teddy? It's a big one today. It is. It Exciting. is. Episode twenty-five of the Blue City CrossFit Show. We made it. We've been talking about episode twenty-five for a while because it was yeah. kind of a milestone. Yeah, this is the one where Teddy was like, "All right, now it's time to get serious." Yes, we're officially like in the zone being consistent and we're not just doing it like for fun i guess maybe what i we are doing it for fun but what i was i enjoy it (laughs) i I have a lot of fun but like we can't pretend like oh i'm not gonna show this to anybody or like so we gotta start 76.625 percent of podcasts don't make it past the second episode so yes that is that is a that is a a fact apple factual data i will say though we 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 marked this episode like maybe a I don't know. I'm going to guess episode 12 or 13. We are over the 1,500 plays mark. And I did not think that that's where we were going to be by episode 25. So we are um, doing a good job of getting it out there. Above and beyond. Yes. So. (laughs) And you should be warmed up for this bird I should you be just did about a uh, half hour worth of audio in the in the garage in gym. the cold garage it was cold <laughs> i was getting a little chilly what were we doing taylor what were we, uh uh so we were doing some youtube uh shots that's some right talking points for the youtube videos so trying to bring everything together with the filming that teddy has and then some background i guess talking points behind it so yes you heard that right you listening that Taylor does have a YouTube channel, and you should go subscribe to that as well. It is linked in the show notes below. We make some uh, cool videos. We're not quite doing them Teddy as much. Teddy makes as some badass videos. You should go watch them. Hey, we are. You should. You should go watch and subscribe. We got some Zalos Games uh, videos coming out soon. We might do some Wadapalooza stuff. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens. But uh, go subscribe to that. But Matt, what are we talking about today on this podcast here? We talking about practice. Practice. <laughs> practice. Man, you're talking about practice. practice. <laughs> Who is that? Uh, the Arizona coach. No, it's Ellen. Oh Iverson. shit! <laughs> <laughs> I had I was, no idea. I was, thinking, I was thinking of they are who we thought they were. It's great. No, it's <laughs> great YouTube. Hook. Great YouTube content. He had a little bit of a meltdown when he asked. Me. I think he was loafing in practice. We ain't even talking like, about the game, man. You're talking about practice. Yeah, it's good. Good YouTube content if you go look it up. But anyway, we are talking about uh, practice and what kind of practice deliberate practice thank you very deliberate practice versus just uh kind of you know kind of going through the motions we'll we'll chit chat about that a little bit so this is um i gotta pull up where this article is from but i think it's it's from a blog a popular like high performance blog podcast called farnham street uh and this was a it's a it's a nine thousand three hundred and fifteen word article would you call that like a essay a short book i'd that's, say that's an essay that's how many words 900 it's almost ten thousand. well when you were audio playing it for us it said it would take like 38 minutes to 38 get through minutes it. So, so that's, that's at least an yeah, essay so i wouldn't say a book because a book is going to be more like 40 yeah but it's yeah. it's very long and it's i was reading this uh, it's by shane parish is the the gentleman's name very popular uh podcast you know in the self-improvement business space but i was reading this this long article on deliberate practice and just so many um 
CrossFit isms were popping. Obviously, it could be applied to like lots of different fields, mm-hmm. but and I just wanted to talk about it, especially with you two, because deliberate practice. Uh, it might, maybe it's called different things in CrossFit, but this is what elite athletes are doing almost yeah. all the time. Oh, 100%. Um, so let's kind of start with some of the things that we kind of picked out of like the definition yes. of deliberate practice, yes. maybe. So, um, you know, we said it was like kind of. Uh, consistent commitment over time to improve something. So you have to have a measurable um, unit or something that you can that you can physically measure and see improvement on. Um, and you need to be able to reassess that thing over a consist a long period of time. Um, but that requires a lot of intrinsic motivation um, and working on little parts of something to make the whole better. Um, so this is something that can be really in anything within your life. So, um, one of the examples would be like writing. So be able to write words. You have to work on each letter at first and work on your penmanship and then you can start to write full words and then, well, not anymore, but you can write cursive letters and then you can write cursive words and that's how you kind of develop your penmanship and your writing ability. Um, but Teddy, as he mentioned, you know, as he's reading this article there, this is Deliberate practice is something that happens every day in an elite crossfitter, crossfitters uh, world. Matt, it usually comes across as working on weaknesses or filling holes in my game, that, that sort of language. Uh, how do you feel as a, both as, maybe this is a big, bigger question than I originally thought, but as an <laughs> athlete and a coach about deliberate practice in the CrossFit space, this it's, it's, um, it's a bit routine. I don't want to say like routine, but this is this is the name of the game, right? How mm-hmm. how does it? How do you think about deliberate practice, both as a masters game games athlete and a uh, CrossFit Games coach? A couple different levels out there, but I think you know, just kind of on the surface level, it's where that why in the road. You, we where a, a person comes to a why in the road, and they decide whether is it they, a why or a fork. Uh, I guess it would be. <laughs> It's well, either is a fork really even a why? But <laughs> I, it, it, really? wow, we're getting real philosophical <laughs> here. Mark that down, anyway. Mark that down, Teddy. It's, it's another, another podcast. Yes. We can discuss that. But you, know, you come to a point where there's going to be an A and a B decisions. Like, am I going to really dedicate a portion of my life and my time to improving, or am I going to just move forward with status quo and maybe hope that hope that I get better, or just be okay with you know what I've been doing? You know, in the past, because I let's just use an example of like a general general population uh, gym member. Like, I just want to get you know mildly in shape and sweat for an hour, and I'm going to be okay with whatever that may be. Or I really want to improve upon something, and that could be again in the gym, like moving. I want to move to more of an elite level CrossFitter, or something in my own life. I want to become a better writer. Mm-hmm. I want to become a better presenter, and I can talk a little bit more about that maybe in my life and what I do. But, you know, there's comes a time in my life where it's like, I want, you know, am I going to actually work on these things and dedicate some practice to this to get better? Or do I kind of just be okay with status quo? So that's the first kind of level of what it has to come from within mm-hmm. on, you know, what the decision is going to be on, on how I'm going to approach if I'm even going to dedicate some time to practice. Yes. So this is. So let's, I'm going to give a quick concrete example, just like practice would be 
we'll just take it outside across for basketball. It would be like going to the court and, and shooting for an hour. Mm-hmm. Deliberate practice would be like, I need to make my free throws better. Um, last time I did 100 shots and I made 40. This time I'm going to take 100 shots and I hope to hit 42. And then at the end of those 100 shots, free throws, you either got 42 or you mm-hmm. got less than 42. Like, you know, and that's measurable, specific things. And it would even be like breaking it down into, okay, you're wrist isn't doing this and that and like that sort of the components and so this is what we mean by deliberate practice uh in the sense of um like taylor you when you're doing a power hour friday class Mm um you know you've got like the progressions all up there on the like the hey you know when you had me on the box the other day doing the handstand Mm push-ups like that's that's I can do a couple handstand pushes, but it didn't make sense like in the workout. And so like it's that's like breaking it down into the components, right? Yeah. Like the working on the box and uh, um, and so maybe it's the choice, right? Like you you uh, you gotta. The, we were talking about before we came on before we hit record. I was like, I'm kind of plateaued in my open. Like I'm not gonna mm-hmm. get above my like whatever sixty thousand unless I actively choose to work on very specific things that include like handstand push-ups and pushing a 50 pound dumbbell (laughs) and burpees and that sort of thing Mm -hmm. and so um but not everybody has to do that right like you can choose to be like i'm satisfied with this there's like especially in the fitness world there's nothing wrong with just going to the gym and wanting to work out and get your sweat on and go home um but in the crossfit world where it can be a little bit more competitive um, and if you want it to be a little more competitive, you, you know, you can get yourself into those situations. Um, but in order to actually compete and be up with, you know, some of those elite level athletes, you have to take those steps to become um, better at all the little things in the CrossFit world. And so from a standpoint of like myself, really the first time in the in my CrossFit career that we reached out to someone else was when I qualified for regionals in 2016. And um automatically, you know, you kind of had in the back of your head that there might be a pegboard there. Um, And so we automatically reached out to, (laughs) found a random gymnastics gym on Instagram that had pegboards in the background of something. And I was like, hey, because no one had them in in their gyms yet. Mm -hmm. I was like, hey, can we come out and work on some pegboards? And it just kind of, you know, I got out there and started talking with the coach and it kind of spiraled into, um, I mean, we worked with Logan and Amber for, three or four years of just literally practice like you know not necessarily working on muscle ups or working on um you know handstand walking but working on all the little skills in the you know hollow and arch position and not saying that I'm like perfect at these skills by any means at this point but you know people will be like oh your muscle ups look so good your handstand positioning looks so good and it's like I did hours of deliberate practice and not even and then it's funny that I say that and I compare that to a gymnast and I did nothing compared to an actual yeah. gymnast. Um, and so to be the best at some of these skills, you really, really, really have to work on them um, for hours and hours. Well, and they hours. helped us with, uh, well, they helped you, <clears throat> yeah. but also me. Yeah. And uh, kind of, so we could kind of take that information and take it to the you know other elite athletes and general mm-hmm. population people in the gym on practicing awareness. And I think that's more about what they taught us is practicing mm-hmm. body awareness and that it, it encompasses anything it's arch and hollow it's where am i upside down where am i on the rings where am i on the rope where am i on the pegboard mm-hmm. and it's just practicing that so that if you can 
know where you're at in space because you've practiced that so much, then a new movement comes up. You know, kind of, I already said this, but like like a pegboard or like a legless rope climb or like a ring muscle up or if you haven't had those before. Ramp. Handstand ramp. You you are better because you've been practicing. You've had a dedicated time to practice that awareness. So I think that's kind of maybe where it, it started for you is, you know, um, you know, kind of taking a step back and saying, and you you dedicated your mentality of I'm going to practice these things. You know, this mm-hmm. this and and our journey took us on to. You know, I think it started with uh, just awareness. Yeah. So this is a quote from the article, and it's a good, it's a, it's a quick way to ex- assess if you're doing deliberate practice or just regular regular practice. Okay. So a quick way to assess if you're doing deliberate practice is to ask yourself if you ever feel bored or zone out during the practice session. If the answer is yes, you're probably not practicing deliberate deliberately deliberate practice is not boring frustrating yes maddening <laughs> yes annoying even but never boring as soon as a pra- as soon as practicing a skill gets comfortable it's time to up the stakes challenging yourself is about more than trying to work harder it means doing new things and so that's the between that uh, Taylor I got my question for you is just that it's maddening, it's frustrating and all mm-hmm. that, that sort of stuff. But there's not too many other examples. Like we said, how deliberate practice can apply to everything. CrossFit, especially at a high level, um, even more so than I think like other sports and wrestling is like deliberate practice means being about as physically uncomfortable, like, pain, like <laughs> yeah. a lot of times. Yeah. Uh, and so how have you, uh, you know, learned to, to deal with that all, a lot and even embraced it and kind of learned to like enjoy the, the suffering. Is it, 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 well, it's almost like it's very monotonous too, right? Like you're not doing all the exciting things you're doing. Um, like I remember one of the things they would make me do was false grip holds on a bar, not on the rings on a bar and it hurts and it's, it's not fun, but um, it makes your false grip that much better. So when you go to do a strict muscle up or anything like that, you can do it. Um, but I think it's just like, A, it's when you get that new skill, it makes it a lot more exciting and you can kind of see an end goal in sight and it, it usually is going to take longer than you would like it to take, but it definitely helps when you have an end goal and you know, and you feel you have a good plan to get there and you can kind of assess yourself as you go and you can see, oh, I can hold a little bit longer. Oh, I can do a few more reps of this. Um, so when I get to that high level skill, it's going to be a little easier. Um, but even like for me, it's finding people to do it with. So, um, you know, have, I have a group of girls I work out with and, you know, when we do like the boring, um, successory stuff is what I like to call it. Uh, you know, yours, it's not for time, it's for skill. Um, and you're doing it and you're just kind of, you know, have that like normal conversation while you're doing it, you know, in between reps and things like that. And that kind of helps um, keep it more exciting, I guess, um, where you're not, you know, if you just, for me, if I just go and do something over and over again and don't have a, you know, a a huge break from what I'm doing, I don't, it's hard for me to stay focused, I guess, in a sense. So it kind of helps me to have, um, a little bit of a distraction in between where I, but I am still reassessing and assessing and everything as well. We talk about the notebook a lot. Mm -hmm. That's, that's, measurable, mm-hmm. you know, to look back on, uh, Matt, what's, 
how do you, as a coach, this is coaching hat on, how do you make sure that your athletes are kind of engaging in this deliberate practice versus kind of getting on autopilot? Like, are you monitoring them during the sessions? Like if it gets a little like longer on the, the worm, is it, is it, uh, these athletes are just professionals at it and you don't need to really worry about it. What is, what is, are, are you kind of maybe looking forward to the next component? Like you see kind of the, the roadmap of, okay, we, we can do these clean and jerks. Now we need to work on threat. Like the what's, what's running through a coach's mind as you're like the team, like you were getting them ready for West coast on deliberate practice. Well, I used to hit them with a taser <laughs> when they wouldn't follow Wrong. directions or like if they weren't uh, focused enough or like weren't practicing, that would just like hit with a little buzzer. Like, <laughs> but that didn't work out too well. So, um, you know, it kind of goes, you know, it's not, it's not as high level as that, you know, it's, it's, I'm, I'm not monitoring them and, 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 you know, making notes for every single athlete that's out there. I mean, number one, that's, that's takes a, a absorbent amount of time, but you know, I do, I try to break them off kind of one by one and we kind of go over little things here and there and what they can work on. I try to put like bugs. I know obviously kind of how Taylor's mind works, you know, Chris is pretty quiet. I know how he works a little bit. I can put a bug in his ear, Steve, you know, he's, he's pretty open to, you know, um, you know, I hate to say word criticism, but like, hey, if we can maybe move something, or he can, he's like, hey, how am I working on this? Coachable. He's, yeah, coachable. he's coachable. That's a good word. Yeah. You know, Mara's gone. So there's an opening there. So we've got a couple of people that we're working with. So, um, you know, not to break train of thought on that, but, you know, I'm slowly kind of giving people things to work on. And I'm seeing some people work on it, some things and that, you know, and, and getting some feedback that they are, which is good. But, you know, if you look at like the, power hour folks out there i'm always kind of giving those folks hey you know this doesn't work with that or i'm having problems with that or you know i want to it's they're asking for practice to be honest with you they're, they're, they're the mindset is there they're saying hey look you know i want to push the ball forward i want to practice on this i want to get better but i'm you know sometimes you don't see you know we'll we'll work on something a couple different times a little bit and it hits that you know what, what that that book says it hits it gets boring and they kind of go back to status quo. So it'll, it'll be interesting to kind of see come open who has practiced and, you know, kind of who has kind of dedicated themselves to the craft and wants to, wants to move forward kind of like, you know, like, like yourself, but you know, other folks that are out there. So, you know, a couple different things in there to answer that question. I don't know if that, yeah, no, that was good. I think something though that you did with the team and we kind of had this internally as well, but if something went to shit in a workout, like where like our thrusters were terrible, um, and like we had a big problem with thrusters with the worm for a while, mm-hmm. um, we after every time we got the worm out, we would do like twenty thrusters, and we we would you know rest after the workout so we weren't fatigued. So you're doing them to fatigue, say it's gonna affect you more. Um, but that was something that was our like deliberate practice of you know it's a one movement and you can't really break it down into too many parts but playing with where people were on the worm you know what what we're doing with our hands things like that um and that was kind of you know our deliberate practice or saying like if a clean and jerks weren't going well it's like okay rest let's do 10 more just like slow and controlled and make them good you know and stuff like that was kind of how we had our more deliberate practice but we had that worm out every day that we could basically and that was kind of and yeah it's hard and it sucks and but to get better at it, you have to work as a unit, and that's a lot of deliberate practice to get there. You can't just practice on the worm. 
you you don't get onto the Coliseum floor without a lot of deliberate practice. Um, you don't get on the regionals floor without a lot of deliberate practice when nobody is watching. And is mm-hmm. that kind of uh, they talk about in the article that it, it's it entirely has to be an intrinsic motivation. Like you can't you it's going to be you can do it enough, but that's when kids like get burnt out and quit their sport or whatever. If yep. you like mm-hmm. stick with it long enough to be a key performer, um, mm-hmm. it has to be intrinsic motivation. I'm going to switch gears here so I can go back. Speaking of regionals, uh, when uh, in your CrossFit career, I know that it started very fast, but like mm-hmm. when did it set in that you were going to have to do a lot of this type of deliberate practice to reach, the, you know, get mm-hmm. to regionals and get to the the goals that you want like you know you you have to maybe take some time to be like oh there are those regionals like i want to i want to do that but then it's like so and does that set in was it like i mean i know it's um, a couple it's not too long but a few years ago like was that an adjustment period what was what was it like when you're like oh my gosh this takes a lot of so it was probably after regionals in 2016 like i said we reached out like maybe a month before regionals with a gymnastics coach but um we quickly realized the benefit of that. Um, and at the time too, I had just started working with, um, Justin Thacker at the lab for weightlifting as well. Um, just to work on like technique and everything. And it, it really came down to at that point, I realized to, you know, a, you, I saw all those top girls and started to follow them on Instagram and see what, how much their training was involved and all that kind of stuff. Um, And so like I started to realize what they were doing and I realized if I wanted to be at that level, I needed to be doing that stuff as well. So that's where, you know, the gymnastics coach comes in. That's where the weightlifting coach comes in, Um, you know, and really diversifying whose eyes are on you and having expert eyes on each of those things. Um, Because it's like, you know, I know, especially now, you know, I can help people pick up, you know, the bigger things on a on a muscle up or on a snatch or things like that. Um, But the little nuances are little, you know, always just shift, you know, a little more weight into your heels on this and, you know, whatever it may be, like those are those weightlifting coaches or those gymnastics coaches that have watched a hundred, you know, thousands of hours of people do certain things. And they've also watched, you know, and that's where I just, I don't have that level of expertise. So you need someone that, you know, can help you hone in on those little things. Yes. It says, Quote, in some fields, especially intellectual ones, such as the arts, sciences, and business, people may eventually become skilled enough to design their own practice. But anyone who thinks they've outgrown the benefits of a teacher, teacher's help, should at least question that view. There's a reason why the world's best golfers still go to their teachers. Oh, for sure. That's why all the top, I mean, how many a top level CrossFit athletes don't have a coach or multiple coaches? With that being said, like you watch those videos with like Justin Medeiros with his shoulder he's, press coach yeah i mean he's got so many <laughs> so many people in his corner to help and that's but even if you look at tennis players you look at track you look at swimmers you look at basketball everybody has a coach a you know basketball player has a, a you know a conditioning coach they have someone like a shooting coach they have all of those people working with them to make them the best they can be to be able to be the best they can be at the in that sport so. and that's basically the answer to your question was it was it was i think after 2015, when you didn't get to go because of your uh, residency yeah. issues being here, I think they're like, you know what, I'm gonna, you know, this team thing, you know, depending on where I'm, where I land on my feet, not yeah. work out. So I'm gonna have to get more serious about this because if I'm gonna make it individually, I have, I have to practice. Yeah, you know, I have mm-hmm. to bit more. So I think, you know, in 2016 rolled around and and it, it became feasible that you could start this run. 
that's when we we almost like hired out like you know you talk about practice we we need to have multiple areas of coaching here so justin for weightlifting you know we we're gonna get together with logan for gymnastics you know we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna hire out programming too yeah. we don't have time to do that yep. so we've got multiple levels of things that we can use and you push the ball forward on all mm-hmm. three or four of those elements there yeah but it takes a lot of time and i'm still i still practice a lot of skills every day and i think that's something too is checking your ego at the door and realizing that and that's the beauty of crossfit there's always something to get better at and even when you're amazing at something you can still get better at it per se you can always do an extra muscle up maybe you can you know work on your um running endurance you can always get maybe lift a little heavier on your clean and jerk or whatever it may be um but that takes a lot of deliberate practice and that takes a lot of going through the motions and making sure that you're moving properly and making sure that you know everything's going in the right direction um to get to those abilities so I think you might start to see things get a little bit more serious too. It's like, you know, the, the people list, everybody listening might not, you know, care or understand where this is coming from, but it's like, you know, as we approach, you know, maybe the turn of the year and people start to get, you know, we have that little sign at the, at the open right now. It, mm-hmm. it says like, what is the open in hundred days? No, no, no. no, no like it's 80, less. Oh, no. 80 it's just, yeah. I just got yeah. hot neck. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but no, so you start to see that. So some people start to get serious, you know, for some people it might be too late, but you know, uh, I think you'll, I hope to start to see where people will start to heed, you know, kind of the advice and, and maybe some direction of what we're talking about here of getting more focused and, you know, kind of practicing some of the things. It's just, it's, you know, I hate to say, it's just not working on my, it's not just working on your weaknesses. That's, that's not gonna, gonna it's not enough. It's not enough. You know, you'll get, you'll, you'll, obviously you'll get better, but you know, we want, you know, we got some people, we went through a meeting a couple of weeks ago, and we got some people with some pretty lofty goals here. And that's mm-hmm. going to be, that's going to take dedication of practice to get there. It's not just going to be, oh, I want to get better at walking 10 feet instead of five feet as a handstand walk. It's like, that's not going to get the job done. So mm-hmm. we'll see, you know, and I hope that we will have some people that will, that will move forward with us in the journey. And it's like, I don't know where we're at on time. We're plenty. Okay. But it's like, <laughs> it's. This is how I think about it. Mm-hmm. There, in in a lot of cases, if you're, it's the why and the road that you are talking about earlier, at least how I think about it and how I see it with you guys is like, we are spending a lot of time on this stuff already. And so it's like being deliberate, about, you know, it's not like necessarily adding more time, but it's like, I just need to be more mentally engaged and like doing, mm-hmm. you know, working on specific things instead of just the hours in the gym. So if I'm going to be, doing this time already i might as well try to put in that like practice to mm-hmm. d- get the best results sort of a thing instead of just like you know doing you know two hours in the gym of just any old any mm-hmm. old thing and like it's it is part of um it's kind of what makes the sport the sport too like in in the sense of measuring it i mean crossfit like working out for time that's that's yeah <laughs> that that's the whole the whole thing and that's that's why I, uh, this will be like my first year in like a while of really mm-hmm. doing it. And I've already like, you know, ha- have them be like those toes to bar. Like, okay, do do sets of four until, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. Like if it's at the beginning of the workout, I can do like hold fours until about like the 27 mark. And then I'm going to like pull yeah. it back. So that's, and that sort of, instead of just trying to hold on to the bar forever. Yeah. So that's, or yeah, taking the long rest in between things and yeah. everything. Yeah. And so like wherever you are in your fitness journey it's like just 
it's it's for everybody the the deliberate practice you don't have to but like that's to get to that there are very clear you know the quarterfinals mm-hmm. and all that stuff it's even more clear with the de- like the different levels you can advance to yeah for sure yeah we got a couple more things then we'll wrap up here but it just i t- t- let's see we'll link this it says this it's a super long article i'll link it to the in the show notes but basically matt like it's let's see here we go hit me deliberate practice requires constant feedback and measurement of informative metrics not vanity metrics what do you think is a vanity metric in the world of crossfit as opposed to an informative metric. Heck, I don't know. I didn't know it was going to be a good question. <laughs> I mean, you know, vanity would be like, oh, yeah, that, you know, I, I you can I see this in a weightlifting movement. It's like, oh, well, I caught that snatch and I, and I stood it up. That's exactly what I was going to say. But it's like, you know, how many times do you see that? And it, it could go to anything. You know, hey, I got, I got, I turned over in that muscle up and I was able to, to, to dip out of it. But, you know, you look at the snatch, like, oh, well, that's why I, I kind of, um, you know, don't, don't get too off topic, but it's like I, I constantly try to get the group that I work with in, in the power hour to work off percentages and not hit try to go after after one RMs yeah. every week. Because what good is a shitty snatch at their top weight if they can't handle, you know, 80% of that proficiently? So it's like, you know, for vanity, oh, yeah, hey, we stood that up. But, yeah, oh, you know, it looked like crap. You almost you almost tweaked your knee or you know mm-hmm. you almost killed somebody in front of you because you had to walk at 10 feet so it's like listen why don't we you know go off of non-vanity points yes and you know get feedback where that looked strong it, that look you know that 80 percent lift mm-hmm. looked like it was 50 percent yes so that would be you know kind of my my thought process of what that would be or like you know i was able to to, to squawk out that muscle up and eke out of um, it but Am I gonna able to be able to do five under fatigue if if my one looks like that because the clap because the class clapped for me because I was able to you know to actually eke that one out? I think that's a huge thing is that a lot of people there's a there's a big like you just want to lift the heaviest weight which is there's nothing wrong with that by any means but the issue with that being as well is that is it an efficient lift is it something you're going to be able to hit multiple times and you know going off of your true percentages like if you know we're supposed to do 80 percent, you know staying at 80 percent, even if it feels oh it feels so light today i just want to go up it's like no this is what's written for 80 percent. if you're sticking to a strength program there's a reason why it's written at that percentage and so trying to stay consistent with that and trusting the system and understanding you know um, these lifts all should look perfect today. They shouldn't look, you know, like I'm really struggling is a big, big thing. But then to second that, um, you know, being able to uh, do a bar muscle up, but do you chicken wing it every time, you know, and being in, are you working on ways to make that better? Or are you just going to continue to do chicken wing muscle ups um, and end up with issues from that muscle up, yeah. you know, not just even like, breaking down the movement but like are you going to start having shoulder issues you're going to start having elbow issues because you're putting so much stress on one side um you know things like that and that's also one of those oh you know i can do i can do the muscle-ups okay how a how long is it going to take you and b what do they look like and is it worth doing those muscle-ups or should we add you know a 
band to it? Should we add a box to it so that you're doing them with good technique under fatigue and getting the movement pattern down instead of doing a shitty movement pattern and just reinforcing that over and over again? Maybe vanity metric would be too strong of a word here, but like, um, like max reps of a bar muscle up. Like I can maybe do six or whatever. If I hold on to the bar, there's like basically no points in CrossFit where that's going to be like applicable in the sense like it's going to come out and work out with other mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. and like that. Um, so it's like kind of, you know, you have your max and it's not useless or necessarily vanity metric, but you need to know what you can do under fatigue with other mm-hmm. movements involved with it. Um, and at different points of the workout in like, uh, you know, and that's where the pacing comes into play there is a little mm-hmm. bit as well too. Changing gears. Another question for you. Cause you guys have, um, you guys maybe do this more than, uh, people at blue city or even other, um, you know, let's call it bubble semifinals athletes even do. And I, I think it's really, I, I want to peek behind the curtain a little bit, but it says top performers across fields tend to spend time examining their past past performance with care to identify areas for improvement. For example, a tennis player, this is the, the key part, a tennis player might film themselves mm-hmm. playing a match so they can go through the footage frame by frame afterwards. This provides valuable feedback because they can figure out what might have held them back during weaker moments. There are not any, there's not a professional sport that does not have game film where they're watching it and analyzing oh, yeah. it and you have For to show sure. up and like it's meetings at, mm-hmm. on team sports. How do you, how does that work for you guys um, as athlete, athlete, coach, athlete? And what is, you know, when you pull out the iPad and you're looking at an open workout um, Friday night where you might redo it or whatever in the past, what does that session look like? I mean, it's literally, you take a seven minute long workout and it takes you 20 plus minutes to go through and watch it. Um, but it's breaking everything down. It's writing your splits down. It's, writing how you broke everything up you know if there's 20 toe to bar did you the first set you do 10 10 the next set you do four sets of five the next set you do five sets of four you know how can you make that more efficient more effective as you get further in the workout um i mean it's for us it's huge especially when you're doing these open workouts these qualifiers i mean i go back and rewatch every single one of them and i may not redo every one but it's the it's um it's knowledge for the next time as well you know so it's oh, I did that this time. If I were to redo it, I would do this because of this, you know, um, and having that knowledge in the playbook later on to help you um, in the future is huge. Same thing. I mean, you know, it's, I, that's one thing we talked about with the group. You know, we had a meeting. Um, it, well, actually, if you go look at the board in the gym, what is it what, like the third bullet point down is film workout. Yeah. You know, film workouts, get feedback, look at what you could do, look at what you could do differently or what you, look at what you could do um, more efficiently Look at what you could do differently. Look what you could do. Um, you know, just even, hey, I kept stepping over my bar really weird. Well, I, I could put it in a different position. Little things like that. So, you know, there's a prime example, a prime opportunity for people to do that when we redid 14.4 in the gym the other day. Notice nobody filmed that. Yeah. Perfect opportunity for somebody to do that. So it's, you know, it's it's not really falling on deaf ears. It's kind of falling back on us to say, hey, look, this is a great opportunity to, to film this because this is us going back and looking at how we could improve this because this workout could come open in the, couldn't come up in the open again. So, you know, like Taylor said, we go back and look at 
open workouts in 15 that she's filmed or 17 or like a Wadapalooza workout that was similar that she tried to did, did in 19, I, all that stuff. Cause you can figure out how the heck did I break my toe to bar up? And then you can go back and practice things a little differently or see how things have changed and how, you know, it's like, Oh man, I really, I could have, I did a lot of standing around after that big set. So maybe I could do a smaller set to, to advance forward in less time that's where that comes from we were watching that uh i forget what video but you're like oh but got rid of that single under to start like oh, yeah. from back in the day yeah. um that was one i i don't think this is this you know what did that was all the training with the heavy jump ropes <laughs> you don't go. want to start with a single yeah. so then i one day just like switched to doing double unders right away <laughs> so this is this goes back to the uh u2 like moving like a symphony or whatever when it's like a open or qualifier workout um not saying this is like found in the film study, but as an example for somebody looking for things on their film, uh, the first our test one for quarterfinals last year with the handstands, like mm-hmm. you would, you know, you're. I'm gonna butcher this explanation, but like you would, your dumbbell, you know, if you're facing the wall, your dumbbells are a step to your like mm-hmm. left, and so like you kicking down from the wall, like you're kicking into that like that (laughs) leg so like whereas like anybody in class is like oh, i'll just kick down with whatever leg and then you're like turning you know the opposite way or like you know you're you're uh so your left foot is your first one down spatially aware of where i'm going it's just little uh as our dear friend sarah would call like free speed like Mm -hmm. that sort of thing just knowing those (laughs) um and those transitions and like that's it's i was actually i was watching um like I was watching a Fraser. He was watching. Mm-hmm. It was a. <laughs> this is kind of trippy. It was a video of Fraser watching him video of himself doing uh, two attempts at eighteen point two, which was the one to ten dumbbell squats, burpee mm-hmm. over the bar, and clean. And he uh, did his first attempt, and he was like, said he was doing it all day. He's like, this is gonna, this is gonna, we had this is a garbage one. I have yeah. to redo it. And he was like, it was. Um, like he took like an extra half step on each of his burpees for like the first 40 whatever. And it mm-hmm. was very like you could, it was hard to tell in the watching yeah. it. And like over the, I think it was like 55 reps. It's a four minute. The first part is a four minute workout or whatever. Mm-hmm. It saved him like 17 seconds. Like you could barely yeah. tell. And it was just like him deciding to yeah. fully jump back on that. And yeah. that was totally like, um, you know, he's looking at, it, he's like, yeah, it's 13 seconds. That's, and how he mm-hmm. calculates how many points it is, but that's that's part of the the film stuff. Um, and you can't like, I, it's you've said it before too. It's you look you look so you think you look a lot, or at least I do, look a lot different on than you end up on video. Yeah. You're like oh, I look, that's like, you are rusting for a yeah. little longer than <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Or like everybody's critical there. Oh, that like taylor keeps telling me to get lower in the depth i'm not, I'm not hitting i'm not quite yeah. there like that uh, it totally feels like i was but it's that like that sort of thing it's it's a good um like yeah there's definitely some people that don't i mean i, I usually tell people that gym if i see something especially if i know that they're a person that wants to be competitive in the open or something like that i usually tell them if i see something that they're yeah. a movement pattern that's wrong um and sometimes i one of the biggest ones that i see is when you do like a push press or push jerk not standing all the way up or push jerk so you don't stand all the way up from the bar um and just bringing it straight back down again and people not realizing that party press yeah party press yeah yeah. um and that's one of those things if you were just to like watch a 
filming yourself, it would be like, oh, yeah. it, especially after someone brings it up. Maybe you wouldn't notice it, but it's, you know, one of those things that I'm like, if I was judging you, I would know rep every yeah. single one of those. Yeah. And, um, you know, learning that now rather than learning it in the open or something like that is a huge advantage because it's very frustrating to be no repped in an yes. open workout. <laughs> Well, that's why I'm a big, ad that's, I keep advocating for people yeah. to film their workouts. <laughs> like, you know, it's like, what do you mean I'm not getting to depth or I'm not standing, yeah. the, the big, standing big all thing the way is up. Oh. on a deadlift. Like you're, you're, yeah. you feel like your shoulders are behind the bar, but you're not, your hips are not open. You know, mm -hmm. if you look at the standard definition, you go through the judges course and it tells you, you know, how to, how you need to finish a deadlift. Like that's not it. So if you look, see yourself in a video and you're like, oh, okay, now I see that, or I'm not mm -hmm. getting into depth on a overhead squat or a, a wall ball, or I'm. You know, it could be anything, or I'm I'm, I'm stepping up weird on a burpee, mm -hmm. um, and I'm not doing the standard that uh, that they're telling me to, do, like the, the the whole two feet take two off feet and take two off. feet landing. You know, which you know they kind of eliminate with with box jump overs, but it's like you know that's yeah. that's a huge component. So I do all I look at my videos all the time, and I'm like, uh, well, God, I'm never wearing that shirt again. That looks stupid. <laughs> but I, I also look at my movements. I'm like, wow, okay, that's really skating the line there. So if we somebody really took a look at this video, I need to clean that up. So I need to go back and practice differently. Yeah, if you keep getting the same coaching cue like in class, and you're like, dude, I'm doing. It. What are you talking about? Like, I was like, that. That's probably like get it on video, and you might be like, oh, mm -hmm. okay. So like, little because the how you feel it in your body is is not necessarily how it looks and like yeah. it's it's a helpful helpful there just happened to me um uh, i i forget what type of workout was not really important but i was we were doing like dumbbell cleaning jerks and i was pushing them out front i wasn't getting them up over my head i was kind of pushing continue you know constantly every single one of them was getting pushed out front and steve was actually coaching that day yeah and he came back and told me i'm like oh yeah because i could see it and then like i'm overhead and I can't see the dumbbell, obviously, because I'm looking forward. So I was like, okay, that's something I need to, to clean up. Because I got called for that, I yeah, think. Yeah, you got called for that in the open. In the or actually, this. Yeah. Quarterfinals? Quarter yeah, Age group quarter online qualifier? Yeah. yeah, I think I got called for a couple of reps on that. You did. Still made it to the games, but... Uh, but, uh, but that would have made it less stressful <laughs> yes, if you but, <laughs> hadn't I mean, got yeah, that but yeah, yeah, So, so you know, somebody's looking at my videos, you know, here in my... Yeah, so, again, everybody needs mm -hmm. a coach everybody needs critique everybody needs to be looked at and can improve for sure mm -hmm. i got i got a no rep on a wall ball in the open one time it's like what and but it was <laughs> it was totally uh richie gave me a no rep and then i just have these were all totally these i was doing handstand push-ups and they were it was the first time that it was the diane one yeah whatever and like i just i would do the handstand push-up and my just feet couldn't stay on the wall so i'd be like oh and it'd fall off like nope i'd be like oh this is annoying <laughs> But it's totally no rep, but it's like, oh, man, what the, like, just go. But uh, last question I have uh, for both of you, but I want to get an answer from both of you, but it's the same question. Um, deliberate practice and CrossFit. Somebody's thinking about it on the fence, whether they're trying to make it to quarterfinals, whether they're trying to make it to semifinals in a couple of years, uh, that sort of thing. It's so hard. It's quite painful. Um <laughs> What like somebody on the fence that's wavering mm -hmm. or whatever? Like, what would you what would you tell them that it's like worth it in the end? You know, like like why why should somebody um, engage in deliberate practice? Like, what makes it worth it for you? And like what like sticking with it sort of a thing? Like, is it the is it the stepping on the field? Is it the is it the thing? Uh, mm -hmm. You know, you get you like 
the like the first bar muscle or first ring muscle videos are like mm-hmm. a good example of like yeah. the joy that comes from the the, sure. the maddeningness of it but how would you because everybody gets frustrated at points and yeah. like kind of thinks about quitting what would you say to that person um i think the first question would be is what is your ultimate goal if you're like wavering if, if what you want to do or not like do you want to make semifinals? Do you want to make, you know what I mean? And if that is your goal, that would be the first step, I think. But from there, I mean, it a hundred percent is worth it. Even just getting to semifinals, being on the floor, um, getting to the games is obviously the ultimate goal is my ultimate goal. Um, and yeah, just getting there and being able to take it all in and be in that moment um that three two one go where like the world just like shuts off and it's just you know you and your teammates or whomever in the lane like it's a pretty cool experience yeah who was that that said if they could bottle that 10 seconds i think sheila Barnes. yes yes yeah. she said if that was a drug she would inject it into her veins. yeah it's, it's, it is a pretty cool experience that's pretty intense and everybody's got a different she's personality yeah well yes, i mean everybody <laughs> you know she's she's an intense obviously individual but everybody has a different personality where they're they're scared to go out as an individual or they thrive on going out as an individual but that that really is when they say like 10 seconds and then there's that dead silent kind of like just sitting there and you're waiting for them to (laughs) to, for the beep to go off for them to say go it's uh that's I mean, that's a to me. That's a that's a driving force. I mean, that's a. I mean, it's really an internal drive that's a, that's setting in and, and focusing at that point. So, um, you know, for somebody that's ultimately driven by something like that, I would say, look, you know, the, that's a feeling that you get in very few things past high school and college and maybe if Mm -hmm. you've done any kind of been lucky enough to do any kind of professional sports where else are you going to feel that it's not not there's not a whole lot of competitive environments where you can get that kind of flow um you know coming at you so you know for the average person though that just wants to do um just just kind of get fit and see how they're measuring up against people i'd say look you know that's you know just getting to see your number because if you if you can um, focus and practice and, and do this consistently and register for the open. And you were out of 400,000 people that registered. If you were 250,000th, you know, when you moved up to 150,000th the next year and you passed a hundred thousand people, how can you not feel good about that? And then, you know, you know, the next year, you know, and now you've been doing CrossFit for two or three years now and you're, you crack the top, you know, you're 93, 93,000th place out of, uh, out of everybody in the open. And then you're, Forty thousandth, and then you maybe get down to like twenty thousand. I mean, that's huge. That's I mean, crazy. you know, as, as for like a twenty-five, thirty-five, forty, fifty-five-year-old person to get to to move up and see, like, hey, you know, there's four hundred, almost half a million people that did this, and I'm in the, I'm in the, you know, the the, the top twenty-five percent of that. That's a, I mean, it's you just don't get that kind of recognition yeah. and stuff anymore. So it's just kind of fun that way, and it drives that force. And then if you, you know, the, obviously, if you got the the driven, I talked about two opposite extremes, but everybody in in between. You know, it's like wanting to maybe just make it to individual quarterfinals, or maybe even better than that, maybe semifinals. I mean, you know, there's you you that now you're talking about finite numbers there, and and you can really, I think, you know, seeing yourself move up. You know, Teddy, you're going to move up a lot this year, so you're going to be able to see that. But you know, a lot of these folks in Power Hour on Friday night, you know, they're going to be able to measure that success and see it, um, you know, and, and feel good about that because of the things that uh, that we're all working on together. So it's it's just you know, um, I think. Uh, Again, a measuring, you know, looking at that measuring stick uh, is going to help them, uh, you know, kind of realize the the gains that they've gotten. 
Yes. So if you're debating whether this is the deliberate practice you want to engage in or not, you know, the, the night is darkest before the dawn. (laughs) (laughs) So keep going. But, uh, thank you for tuning in everybody. 25 episodes in, uh, we're looking forward to the next 25. So please, um, if you do like it and you haven't given us a little five star rating, that would be one way to help the show out. The ratings are good. So thank you all for uh, helping out with that. And we will see you next time.